Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Kimberly. Hello, Erin. I am so sorry. I brought tissues. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I feel like we're like on the opposite side, you know, where we had this conversation back in August. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's never easy losing a dog. Uh, It's one of those things that everyone can relate to. And I think, you know, when I lost Scout, uh, on my other podcast, Kathy and I talked about a little bit about the things not to say to people when they lose a dog. And I think the biggest thing is not to drill people for too many details because it's all so raw. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that today because it is very raw and fresh, but why don't you give us like an overview of what happened? It was such a shock. <laughs> Um, you know, we've been in some ways, I don't know if I'll ever really know what happened. Um, we've been trying to put, you know, kind of piece it all together, but you know, she's had this ongoing UTI urinary bladder situation. And all I know is I was having a perfectly normal Friday where everything, it was Friday the frickin' 13th, which had never mattered to me before, but now I'm always going to dread those days. Live on in infamy. And, you know, I came home from work. I let him out. We had snuggle time. Tim made dinner. I've told you we've been keto for a while. and, And Tim, we eat omelets a lot, like as our quick and easy dinner and so, and, and sometimes he'll make too much for me. It, like he'll make it with three eggs and like, I can't eat that much. So, you know, I had put like half of my, you know, spread like the rest of mine out on top of their bowl for dinner. And I go, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, our routine has always been that after they eat, uh, they go outside in the yard to, you know, pee or whatever. And it was really cold, and really windy, like that whole weekend, it was like that crazy wind. And so, you know, I. I let them out and I had like gone in to like kind of wipe up around their bowls and wipe up the kitchen. And I was like trying to like hurry back to the door. Cause I knew it was so cold out there, you know, and like neither one of them's at the door and Nino, we always call him nurse Nino, right? Like his body language is weird. Like he's on like high alert and he's like looking out in the yard at Penny and Penny's body language is weird. And she's kind of hunched over and she doesn't look right. And, uh, you know, kind of trying to put all the pieces together after the fact, we believe that her bladder ruptured. Mm-hmm. And obviously, healthy bladders don't rupture. And, uh, you know, but I didn't know that at the time. I just knew I let my dog outside and now something's terribly wrong. And, and I mean, I didn't, 
I didn't know if like she was gonna pass away right then. You know, we're trying to like rush to the emergency vet, and I'm trying to like call them. Um, I'm calling my vet, and and you know, we're just we're trying to figure out like what like literally. I let my dogs out in the yard, and something has gone terribly wrong. So, you know, we were at the vet for like we got there at like eight forty five at night, and we didn't get home from there until six o'clock the next morning. And uh, yeah, I don't even think I can talk about that whole experience yet, <laughs> like publicly. Um, and uh, and we brought her home. I guess we had the choice to either bring her home or keep her hospitalized. And we wanted to bring her home, but that meant we had to do like IV fluids and give her pain meds and things like that. And a lot of that was really kind of traumatic experience uh, for for me. And, you know, bless my husband, who was the one who was really doing all of that because I couldn't even really function. And not to mention I hadn't slept, you know, in forever. And we were and I was hoping, you know, maybe we could get her to our vet or we could get her to somewhere else. So I wanted to have the option to do that and, and have her home with us. And, you know, again, I'm so thankful for my vet because she was just calling everybody, getting all the records, all the imaging from the emergency hospital, calling, you know, consulting with people, surgeons, other holistic vets, you know, having everybody look at this. Um, and we had so many different like plans, like everything kept changing, from like hour to hour to hour as we kind of got more information or different people weighed in and things. And I guess, you know, eventually that, you know, we, we settled on, she had a condition called uro abdomen. So she was no longer able to urinate because her bladder had ruptured and we're giving her all these fluids and, we're, and she's dehydrated and we're trying to you know, she wanted water and, but there's no place for any of this to go because she's unable to urinate and she was so uncomfortable and so miserable. And, you know, there weren't any good options. There was kind of like a maybe Hail Mary, maybe shot of maybe trying to do a really expensive surgery that didn't have very good odds of helping anything long term. Mm -hmm. And that just didn't seem fair. And and they also couldn't tell us how soon they could do that. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I couldn't let her keep going in the condition that she was and you know, it's literally the hardest like decision I've ever had to make in my life. And, you know, I'm so grateful for all the people, you know, who have left messages and sent cards and, and, you know, you, you even made a donation, you know, to be more dog in her honor. And, and a couple other people did too. And I was so touched by that. And, you know, several people had even commented and said, you know, we've heard you talk about her on the podcast and, we could tell how special she was and how special your relationship was. And that just meant everything to me, you know, cause you're always like, you hope that that comes through and you never know. Um, I never know if I'm really doing justice to her, <laughs> but uh, it's just, it was just such a shock. You know, it's like, we just had no idea that anything like this, you know, would happen. And of course I second guess like all the decisions I've made over these last couple months. Um, you know, and even my veterinarian was like, you know, kind of having that same kind of conversation, but she, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's anything that we really could have done. I don't know. You know, I just, it sucks when you don't know. Yeah. And it just, you know, it literally just feels like she was like ripped out of my life, you know, like one minute everything was normal and literally the next minute it wasn't. And I, um, 
you know, I got to learn how to live without her, you know, and like all of my weekends would, I would literally like plan my whole weekend around like getting to take her out for like a car ride and we go get coffee and, you know, we go for a walk in the park or something. And, you know, like I literally didn't know what to do with myself last weekend. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I have a lot to be grateful for. We had seven and a half years together. I mean, that's, I mean, I literally just found her. Like, I have no idea how old she was. Like, I didn't know how much time we were going to have together. And we got seven and a half years. And that's amazing, you know, because, you know, she could have been like 14. I don't know. I always said my guess was 12 because I liked that better than 14. But, you know, (laughs) it was just so not on my radar that, that this would happen, you know. You know, and of course, I keep like replaying like everything over and over in my head of like, was there something, you know, a sign that I missed, a signal, a behavior change? And, you know, there wasn't anything like it was literally a perfectly normal day. And that that's, I guess, just what makes it so hard. Like, I wasn't like, oh, that's weird. I should let the vet know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing that was crazy was that day, you know, she'd been on these antibiotics and. I, earlier that week, I had taken a urine sample over to our vet, and she wanted to send it out and have it tested to make sure that it was clear of the bacteria before we discontinued the antibiotics. So literally that day, she had called me and told me, like, good news, urine sample's all clear. She doesn't need to be on the antibiotics anymore. But, like, I clearly, we clearly knew something wasn't 100% right because she was still urinating frequently and stuff. So, like, there was clearly something going on. And, and well, I just have to accept that we'll never know. And, and that's just, and you know, who I am as a person, that's just hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we had an amazing time together. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful we did the soul session last year with Dr. Isla. And, uh, you know, I went back and watched those videos uh, and stuff. And you know it was it was funny, and I I it was weird to me at the time, so I don't even remember how much of it I had shared. But you know, we had done what, Nino's soul session first, and then Penny's a couple weeks later. And in Penny's, she actually shared what she wanted when it was her time to transition, and Nino did not, mm-hmm. and that stood out to me at the time. But you know, you never know <laughs> when something like this is going to happen, but. I was glad that we got to honor her wishes in that way. And it's like, she wanted to wear her, like that pearl collar that I have in a lot of the photos with her, you know, and she wanted like all white and like candle and these things. And so I'm glad that we got to do that. Like, I'm so grateful that we did that. Um, she had songs uh, and like a chant that she wanted played. And there's a book that I'm supposed to read and I ordered it off Amazon, but I haven't been able to bring myself to start reading it yet. <laughs> What's the book? Um, that was called The White Book by Han Kang. Part of me is like, it's going to take me a little while to be in the right uh, headset for it to, you know, mindset to be able to like process that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had never heard of that before or anything. Um, the book that someone recommended for me and I still haven't read it, but I have it. And um, it's called signs from pets in the afterlife. And it's just sort of like the signs that will come to you 
and what they mean. And so I want to, I, I want to eventually read this. I, I got, I it think that's actually on oh, my Amazon wish list. Now that I see the cover of it, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I've seen that book before. I think I have like a wish list, like a dog book wish list somewhere that has that on there. I got, I got it after Sydney passed and I've been meaning to read it. And then when Scout, you know, everything, life just basically gives you excuses not to do something. And so eventually I'm going to sit down and read it. And so I, I, I know what you mean. It's like, I wanted to sit down and read it when I'm in a, a space of, I don't know, of acceptance. And, you know, when I'm, I'm here now, I mean, it, it's interesting because every loss hits you differently. And so as you're talking, I, I can relate to all of that, but with different dogs, I can relate to the feeling like they've been snatched out of your life because that's how it was with Blue. You know, I still remember leaving him in the morning and, and having a feeling as I was leaving, I kept thinking, maybe I'll just call in sick today, but I had so much work to do, but I just kept thinking, I just don't feel like going to work today. And then a few hours later, I got the call that he was gone. But what's interesting is that at the time, Johan and I were going through a really rocky time because I didn't get along with his mom. And when that happened, Johan was so broken about, about it that I didn't know what to do. So I called his mom and she was at the doctor and his dad was driving home from Oregon and they both hit our place at the same time from different directions. And just, it, it made everything else seem like, why, why, why don't we like each other exactly? And we've never had a problem since. So I always, for me, it just gives me comfort to find a reason, a rhyme for why life is what it is and whether or not it's legit or not. It just, I hold on to that. So I sort of feel like Blue was only supposed to be here for a short time to get me on track, to get me into therapy, to, to put me on the right path. And when Sydney left, that was hard because, um, I was, I thought I was doing everything right. And so I spent all that time blaming myself for the fact that I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't figure it out. And every time I took her to the vet, they couldn't find anything. And I look back, like what you were saying, when you analyze everything, it's like, I should have demanded an x-ray and I should have demanded ultrasound, but you know, I didn't know to look for those things. And I'm talking to very competent hearing vets. So it's not like, you know, it's just, it was just a, a, it was bad luck. And um, even if we had caught it early and all of that, there's no guarantees that, you know, she could have had a splendectomy and it hadn't have spread. I mean, there's no, there. I mean, I could have done something. I, who knows? I, I literally don't know. So I look at that. I try to look at that situation as she gave me time to say goodbye to her because I wasn't ready to let go. And then when she was ready to go, I had to, to do that. So I, you know, I learned not to be selfish and I learned that, you know, even though I knew raw feeding wasn't bulletproof, now I really know (laughs) raw feeding isn't bulletproof, but I learned a lot about cancer during that experience. Um, And then when Scout was diagnosed again, been feeding him raw since he was six weeks old. What the hell? (laughs) You know, he's, you know, not vaccinated since he was a year old. What the hell? But again, you know, I got 520, more than 520 days with them. So that just showed me the power of 
fresh food, of CBD oil, of Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, all of that. And I now incorporate all of that into all of my dog's lives. And, you know, and I mean, he, he was fine up until the end. I mean, he, he had been slowing down, but he was still fine up until the end. And it's still, you know, when you were talking about not being able to talk about certain things, there are aspects of that final day or, you know, final 24 hours that I, I still can't talk to people about because it was so upsetting. But it is, what's interesting is that there's a, a space we can all like that levels us all out in the dog lover world. And that's the loss of a dog. I mean, it's the one plate time when everyone lays down their arms, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you agree with about feeding dogs, dog training, breeding versus rescue, all of that. You know, there are the few outliers who speak up and say something insensitive, but everyone else shuts them down before, you know, really quickly because we all know what it's like to lose a dog. And and it's it, you know, when I shared your post, it was so amazing to see people commenting and people you know, who knew your story, who knew Penny's story, who understood how hard this was for you. And, you know, although I know that it doesn't matter what strangers on social media think, I still think when people can relate, I mean, there's something about not being alone in something that helps you keep moving forward because the pain is, you know, intense. I mean, I I don't know what it is to lose a child, but I do know what it is to lose a father. And what's interesting is that the pain of losing a dog is eclipsed that by so much. And I think the reason why is because we signed on to take care of these beautiful animals and it feels like a failure, like we let them down rather than this is the time that they were allotted to us. And now it's a matter of this is how they went out and it's not always pretty. It's not always great, but I, you know, I look at each of my dogs and I'm blown away that scout who's so healthy, you know, didn't make it to nine years old and Rigo who has a lifetime of health issues, you know, until I got them under control is still with us at almost 13. And I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason to it all. Yeah. You know, it's just been so interesting, you know, like Lu- when we lost Lucy, she had been sick for a really long time, like over a year, you know, and so it, and she had like been really sick. We got her really stable, like had this really great like quality of life for like a year. And then like it started like really going downhill again. And, you know, but it was like we, you know, so when, when the time came, it was like, I felt like it was a kindness to be able to, you know, let her not suffer. Um, and then with Kalua, it was like, we knew she had mast cell and we didn't know. So we didn't know how much time we had, you know? And so it was unexpected because she basically had a massive degranulation attack that like, you know, crashed her, her body. Um, but it was like, we knew, like we knew, we only had a limited time. We didn't know when that was going to be. So it was a surprise when it happened, Mm -hmm. but you know, I had at least had a chance to like wrap my head around the fact that like, 
there's something going on here and and I know that something's coming. I just don't know when, you know? And so, but this is the first time where it's just been such a shock, you know, and just literally felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest, you know? And, um, you know, I would never wish that on anybody. You no, know? It's, it, it, it's the worst and it's, it's scary and it's painful and, and it, it makes you stop. Like, you know, when, after I lost scout, I didn't want to do the blog anymore. I think the only reason why I continued was one, I knew that eventually that would change, but two, it was because of you and Kathy. I had these podcasts with other people and I didn't want to let you guys down. Um, but I just, it was one of those where I just didn't care about anything. It's like, I'm just going to go on with my life. I'm just going to have these dogs and and there you go. And I just, cause I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk about it. I, I think the worst thing for me, and I get it. I totally understand why people want to know, but it's the questions. And I understand people being curious, but it's the, um, the, the really intense interrogation well, that I got from people whose dogs also had cancer and, you know, and people were nice and people were like, I totally understand if you don't want to answer this. And, you know, and, and I got that they were in a place where they were scared and they were looking for solutions and scout his survival rate was, was impressive and people wanted to replicate that. And it was really hard, you know, I managed, but, you know, to, to compartmentalize, so and so to put my grief in a box and answer questions, you know, and people were really kind with that situation. I think the worst thing anyone ever said to me, which at the time it was just it was like I couldn't even respond to it because it was just like, wow, um, someone went to my website and they said, I noticed that you've you've had to you've had two dogs die. And I was curious to know what's happening, you know, that your dogs keep dying. My eyes are like popping out of my head right now because I can't believe that somebody would say that. Yeah. And, um, and I, after Sydney passed away and, and after, well, actually after Sydney passed away and Scout was diagnosed that the second thing, horrible thing that was said to me was what is wrong with your property that your dogs keep getting cancer? Um, and it was just, and the thing about it is that I don't think either of those individuals meant to come across so callously. I think it's one of those things where their internal monologue came out and they didn't really think about how it came across. I sometimes think of, uh, of Sheldon on a uh, big bang theory, yeah. you know, that, that I think some people are, are just wired more like that and, and it makes the rest of us look at them like the way people look at Sheldon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and it's funny because today, if someone were to contact me today and say, hey, I noticed that, you know, there was a time where within a, you know, a couple of years, you lost two dogs to these accidents. You know, one died of parvo, one died by getting hit by a car. You know, what, what was happening during that time? And did you, you know, we would just have a conversation about it. And I would just say, oh, yeah, this is what happened. It just wouldn't bother me. Same thing with, you know, if someone were to reach out to me and go, you know, have you considered looking at your property to figure out? Because I've had people say, well, are you turning your Wi-Fi off at night? Are you, you know, just trying to figure out what I did wrong? And I, I, I get it. People, they don't, 
they're not come they're not intending to come across as callous. So to them, they don't think of if I were to respond back, oh my God, that's really hurtful. This is really upsetting time for me. I'm sure they'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Some people would be that way. Other people would be like, I'm just asking. Well, I had somebody ask me that about my breast cancer, about kind of like, what do I think I did wrong or what did I do to cause yes. it? And I would just suggest that no one ever ask anybody that kind of question. <laughs> and and it's because people want to, to they want to do the opposite. Because if you were to come back and go, well... I ate a lot of sugar and every Thursday I went on this huge bender and, you know, did some crack cocaine here and there. (laughs) (laughs) And my doctor said that that's why, you know, I got breast cancer. And then people will be like, whew, well, I don't do crack cocaine, (laughs) so I should be okay. And I think the same thing is with, you know, with dogs is that, if you know, I remember a, a woman that I used to know a long time ago, her dog died of cancer. And someone said to her, if you had been feeding a raw diet, your dog wouldn't have died. And it's like, that's not true. That's you can't possibly say that. And but you know, you know, she was really upset and hurt by it because it's one of those where this woman, you know, made her feel like you killed your dog because you didn't do that. And a lot of these questions, even though it's not the intent, you know, these questions or statements, you know, when you're, especially when you're in the thick of it, of doubting every single thing and wondering, you know, did I do this right? Did I do this right or wrong, whatever you, you're already blaming yourself and those type of questions just solidify it. I mean, Bella, um, we have a rule now that when we're taking clothes out of the dryer, we look around on the ground for a dryer sheet because she gets a hold of a dryer sheet and she tears it to pieces. And we're terrified of her eating it and, and getting sick from it. And, you know, and we're, I mean, (laughs) this girl is basically living in a bubble because, you know, we lost two dogs to cancer over the past couple of years. And we're trying to, from the get go, do everything that we can to, to give her the best outcome possible, knowing that there are no guarantees. And there's just never any, we can't ever really know. Mm-hmm. And, and all we can do is the best that we can do. And, and even if somebody's making choices that are different from our choices, you know, they're still doing the best that they can do, you know? So I just hope we can all give every, give each other a little bit of grace. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel very fortunate that I've only received very supportive comments. So amazing. And it, it, to me, it just goes to show who you are and that this is, you know, this is an amazing community. I mean, of course there are going to be, they're going to be the outliers. There are going to be people that we aren't really fans of, but when it comes down to it, you know, we circle the wagons. When a dog dies, we circle the wagons because, um, you know, we know that pain, we know how it feels. And and like you said, it's not something you wish on other people. It's a horrible thing because you live with it and you still have to go on and do every day. And I mean, I was a complete wreck last week. Like I went to work and I'm just like, thank God we weren't busy last week because 
I felt like I had like ADD or something. Like I was just, I couldn't finish anything. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus. And I was reading online that grief brain is like a real thing, you know, like, and, you know, and then because I'm me, right. Like I, I start getting like anxiety about having depression. Like, well, oh God, how long is this going to last? Am I ever going to be okay again? Will it ever feel like the sun is shining and the birds are singing like they used to, you know, how, like, uh, you know, I'm getting like anxiety about having depression. I'm like, only me, you know, I will say that meditating helped because I, I wasn't good about meditating for a few days there. And when I started, I noticed a difference, but then I got lazy about it again and noticed a <laughs> negative difference. And so I have been very religious the last couple of days about doing it all, you know, twice a day. And, and it's helped me be a little more functional. Like, I feel like it's the only reason I'm here today being able to talk about any of this is that I've gotten myself under like regulate like my i feel like my nervous system was really dysregulated for a while and that the meditation has helped me like feel a little more regulated and like human well you know it's funny that you say that uh, about your system because i was talking to a friend of mine today he owns a, a cbd oil company that offers products for humans and dogs and I buy them both i i use his human line on myself and it's amazing and um um, I use the dogs line on with my dog. So the dogs line is Chubb's dogs and the human line is, I think it's holistic hemp wellness. I think it's called, I don't know, but we'll have a link. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, he had a lot of health crises um, at a young age. And by young, I mean like, you know, late thirties. So things that, you would see with a senior citizen he was experiencing and it was because of the level of stress in his life. And it was, he had very, very serious um, um, health issues that led to a life, a lifelong battle. And it actually led him to starting this company because he needed something to help his system and it worked, but it just, it blows me away that, you know, that we forget that how our emotions and how stress can truly impact, you know, our lives to the point of, you know, really harming ourselves. And, and it's not to say that we should ignore grief, but like what you're doing with meditation, I did the same thing with um, gratitude journaling. And all I did was write lists. Sometimes it would be three things. Sometimes it would be 25 things of whatever I was grateful for just to get myself into a space where I can take one step ahead of the other. I've, I've tried to focus on everything I have to be grateful for because sometimes I'll get the, the wave of like, Oh my God, I'm never going to take her for a car ride ever again. Oh my God, I'm never going to see her roll around in bed and be, you know, like, and then it's like, I'm grateful I had that. I had seven and a half amazing years with her, you know, and actually it was sort of funny, Tim and I, you know, one of the things I've been very grateful for is all of our photos and videos and stuff on our phone. And, you know, like at lunchtime at work, like I would usually sit there and like read on my Kindle app, but I've just been like watching videos and, you know, stuff of her and, that's what Johan does. That's what Johan does. I mean, he and he still does. And I think, you know, you're not there yet, 
But, you know, what you can look forward to is what we're experiencing now. And, you know, the next dog that comes. And I always think of it as the dog that Penny sends to you. And that's, that is the gift that we're so grateful for now because I swear, in fact, it's funny because I had this vision and if, if I were an artist, I would paint it. And if I can find an artist to paint it, I would pay them to paint this. But I had a vision of, um, of, uh, Belle as a puppy basically coming out of heaven, surrounded by clouds and surrounded by, you know, um, Riley and Blue and Sydney and just basically them gifting her with a piece of themselves as she walks by. And then she comes and she basically crosses. <laughs> Don't you start crying because I'll start crying. I'm grabbing the tissues. <laughs> and once she starts, she crosses over, she passes Scout and he gives her something too. And because there are so many things she does that remind us of each of our dogs. And she, like she, we have a huge basket full of balls because Scout loved balls. And I, whenever I found those check it balls on sale, I bought them. I mean, I got so ridiculous where people were like, you really like these balls when I would find them on a good sale, like at home goods or something. So we have a huge basket full and she goes and empties the balls out and plays with them. And she's always running around the house with a ball in her mouth. She loves balls. I took the chuck it out there and threw it and she was down for that. Um, when she runs around outside, she reminds me of Sydney. And when Sydney was young and just the pure joy she would have of running around, you know, outside. And she's so affectionate, just like Blue was. Blue was super, super affectionate and so funny. And it's it's just, she's the funniest little girl. And just, she has her own personality, of course, but there are so many things that she does every single day. Like she, you know, Scout used to moan ever since he was a puppy. He would moan in his sleep when he would, if he was sleeping and he changed positions, it was like, uh, you know, and, and um, she does that where she moans in her sleep and, you know, and she does something that Sydney does. Sydney, before Sydney would jump on the bed, she would come to the side of the bed and just stare at me. And then I would go, okay, come on. And Bella won't jump on the bed, um, but she comes to the side of the bed and just stares at me. And so we have a whole you know, conversation every morning and but she, you know, she's loves going for walks. I mean, one of the things that again reminds me of of Blue, where you know, I pull out her harness and she's there, like ready to put it on. Even before the first time I got in harness out and put it on her, it's like she knew exactly what it was. And the first time I pulled out CBD oil, I was getting it to give to Rodrigo, and she ran up to me and just sat down and opened her mouth. And I, and, and I remember, you know, we were talking to Angela and Angela was like, you know, cause we were like, when do you start dogs on CBD? And she's like, you know, when you bring them home as a puppy. And so I started giving her CBD oil twice a day, just like with the other dogs. <laughs> and, but in the, even beyond that is sort of like the opportunity to take every single thing the other dogs have taught me and apply it to her. So things like, clipping her nails. Even if I don't have to do a clip, we have a routine. I go and I get nail clipper. And sometimes I just touch each nail with the nail clipper and, you know, and go through that. So she's not afraid of the nail clipper, not, you know, freaking out, you know, or encouraging her to freak out when the vacuum. So she's, you know, she doesn't pay attention to the vacuum cleaner. I vacuum all around her and she's, she just lays on the sofa and, 
you know, you know, training her, you know, actually going through um, training and training her different things that I didn't train the other dogs to do. But she's, she's such a, you know, a gift and she's so freaking perfect. It was like, if we could have just asked for a dog, you know, this is what we would have asked for. So I truly believe that, you know, Scout and Sydney and Blue conspired to send us, you know, the perfect dog. And she is, she's perfect. So I know I've shared before about how I found Penny, but the other piece to that story that I haven't always gone into is, um, you know, so when we found, when I found Penny, we had lost Kahlua and we ended up having about six more weeks with Lucy. And, you know, I found Penny as a good Samaritan in this alley in West Baltimore and Kahlua had been found in an alley in West Baltimore by a good Samaritan who was an acquaintance of my father. And I guess that was one of the reasons why it struck me so much when I found her that this was supposed to be my dog, you know? Um, so I really do believe that Kalua sent her, you know, to us, knowing that I would recognize the scenario, <laughs> you know, and I was always grateful, even though they didn't interact a ton, because, you know, trying to, Lucy was so fragile, you know, at that point, and, and that shut, two-week kind of shutdown and, and kind of thing. But, like, I do think that, like, something passed between them, you know, mm-hmm. and Tim and I always said that Penny was, like, this combination of like Kahlua qualities and Lucy qualities with obviously her own penny flavor sprinkled in, you know? <laughs> so it's just really funny how you, how you describe that because that was kind of what we always thought of her. Yeah. And we had mentioned, you know, cause of course, like two days after she passed, I see this senior pit bull at the shelter here in Baltimore and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> but I think it'll be a while before we can, even go there and you know Nina's you know Nina's such a special case and and you know I might we talked about maybe doing like an, a, a session with a communicator or something and seeing what he would think about mm-hmm. that because I you know I don't want to make a decision that's for me if it's not what's best for him you know I mean and that's what's so interesting is that I think that that's so important to, to consider all aspects, I, you know, it's tempting to force it, you know, because it's sort of like, you know, my mom would, you know, would say this, it's like the best way to get over the grief of a dog is to get a puppy. And my mom, my mom doesn't even have, she's not a dog person. She's just, she would say this. And one time when I lost a dog, she was like, go get a puppy. Just like, go get a puppy right now. And it's just sort of like, ah, it's not really fair. And so I never believed in, in just doing that. I believed in just letting go and having it happen. And that's what was so interesting about Bella is I just showed up at a rescue event. She immediately came and crawled into my lap. And um, so I was just like, eh, I'll foster her. I know I knew Johan wouldn't be okay with adopting her. But, you know, seconds after I, we walked into this house, you know, she had wheedled her way into his heart too. And it was like she had always been here. And, you know, so you know, she's, she's a special girl and I feel very grateful 
that, you know, she gets along with all the dogs. She and Apollo are obnoxious together because um, now he has a playmate and someone, you know, to play with. And, you know, even Zoe, she and Zoe are playing and, you know, and, it, and you know, I, oh, a, a new development is she now goes on the walks with the dog walker instead of Zoe. Oh. Zoe just, she wasn't really feeling it. So I decided, you know, she would, she would put on her harness and stuff, but she, whenever she would leave, she'd be like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and so, um, and I was, I was worried that Bella was too young to go on a long walk, but I looked it up and at her age and size, she could do a 30 minute walk with no problem. Okay. And that's how long the walks are. So I, um, one day Stephen came, actually it was last week, last Monday, he came and I was had her ready. And I was like, she's going with you today. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and when he came back, he was like, it was a fantastic walk because she and Apollo can keep track with each other, whereas Zoe is a slower. She has a slower. And so now you had two dogs that were and they're they wear they're tie each other out. And so when they get back from the walk, they're, they're both like ready to crash out for a couple hours. So it, it works out good. And so now, and then I walk on the days that um, Stephen isn't going to be here. We either all walk around the property. Sydney has to walk around the property three times because she needs to lose weight. Um, or I walk, um, not Sydney. Zoe. Zoe. <laughs> um, but then, you know, on off days, I'll take either Apollo and Bella or Apollo, Bello, and Zoe on a walk. Because I think Zoe, she'll go for a walk and be happy about it with me. But she just doesn't want to go without me, which is fine. Which is fine. Makes me feel special. Well, I feel like Nino has been getting like all kinds of extra spoiled with extra <laughs> walks and treats and all the thing toys. And I bought him new stuffies for him to carry around. And, and Tim's been, you know, it, it's, it was very, it's very, it was very difficult to walk both of them at the same time, largely because of the reason that you're describing. Nino wants to be full speed ahead and Penny was like much slower and it was like hard to, and it was, it's always hard for, well, now that Nino's older and has slowed down a little, I can walk him. But like when he was in his prime, it was difficult for me to walk him by myself in general. Um, So yeah, he's like always getting like walks, you know, when Tim gets home, unless it's like completely, terrible weather but it was really hard the first few days i mean he was there when she passed and we wanted to give him that opportunity to you know see what was going on and everything um but like those first couple days like whenever he would come out of the crate it's like he was searching for her like oh did you bring her home yet you know and Mm -hmm. like it was killing me but i i think he's settling in you know he's such an such a special case and such a like OCD routine uh, guy, you know? So it's like, I think we're settling in. Like we, we literally are having to learn how to live without her, you know, and, and develop new routines as close as we can get. But uh, I think in the end, you know, I think he'll kind of be all right with being an only dog for a little while anyway. Uh, He likes having all the attention on him. <laughs> and he's been very snuggly with me because, you know, he's he's very much Tim's boy, but but he's been very snuggly with me. And and this is the first time I've ever been outnumbered because uh, we have always had the girl dogs. And, you know, with 
we had Lucy and Kalua, so we always just called them the girls. And, you know, it was me, Tim, and the girls. And then we had, you know, Penny and, you know, and Penny and Nino, we were evenly matched, but but this is the first <laughs> time it's ever been like me and the boys in the, in the house uh, in 18 years. <laughs> yeah. That's something. So it looked like your book is getting closer to come out. Yes. Um, someone was kind enough to help me with editing, and which I so appreciate. And I should give Kara a shout out because it was so generous of her to spend her time helping me do the editing. Because, I mean, I was, I'm too, uh, what's the current word? Like close to it? too close to it. And so she, I still have it. I haven't even, I, she got got it back to me last week and um, hopefully over this weekend or or next weekend, I'll be able to sit down and actually make the corrections or, you know, review and make any corrections. And then my goal is to have it published in February. All right. Because it'll be absolutely finished. I was going to hire someone to do the artwork for the cover, but I think I'll just create a cover. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm working with someone on, um, just sort of like a fun logo idea. And I forgot about the back and forth, you know, you sort of need time to allow for the back and forth. And, and I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm telling myself that I'm out of time when it comes to my book, because it's been a year now that I've been working on it. And um, it's, it's time for me to let it go. I, I still keep thinking of things that I want to add to it or make sure it's in there. But I'm, it's sort of like, I'll never get it published if I keep looking at it that way. So, <laughs> And so I also saw you're part of the Holistic That's Speak Out conference. Yeah. So th- that is like an all-star lineup when I was looking at it. It's like Dr. Judy Morgan, Dr. Margot Roman, like I was, Rita Hogan, like all, all the, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I feel really, um, really just honored to be included and. In- I guess I want to put just put out there in in the world a big thank you to the veterinarians that keep sending people my way to speak at these conferences. I got another one. Um, You know, Dr. Judy Morgan is the reason why I'm speaking at this one. I'm I'm speaking at another one that we'll be recording later this week that um, Rita Hogan sent that person to me. And I just so appreciate it because, you know, not to dwell on the negative, but in December, I was really kind of um, like, what am I doing? Do I really want to do this anymore? Am I really part of this community? Um, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And I was really basically second guessing myself, wondering, you know, what was next for me? And uh, I, I knew that I would continue creating content, but I just didn't feel like a member of the community. I just felt like, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing and enjoy it and have fun and to hell with it. Um, and they sort of helped me see that, you know, I am a member and that I have something to say. And I, and I, I, I so appreciate that. It's just, you know, I think taking a step back, it's, it's everything that happened in December, I feel like was necessary for me to take a step back and really think about what I'm doing, what I want to do, and so um, I got on TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, which is a very toxic place. <laughs> like, I mean, I, all social media platforms are toxic, but wow, <laughs> wow. 
the things that pe- how people speak to each other is, um, you know, because people are replying to each other with, you know, someone leaves a comment, someone creates a TikTok replying to the comment. It's it's interesting because I, I mean, not that, you know, any group is better than another group, but, you know, I kind of laugh because thinking like if someone asked me a question about, um, I don't know, something about raw feeding and, and in response to that question, I do a TikTok, you know, saying it's not my job to do your homework for you. And if you actually really cared about your dog, you would figure this out for yourself. I don't know why you are, you know, come into my community and start. I mean, it's just sort of like, you know, on one hand, I, 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 I get that you know, and a person, and the person was like, because I don't work for free. So if you want a consultation, you can contact me through my website. And I'm like, do you honestly think this person is now going to contact me through your website after this, after you put them on blast on a TikTok? Um, but it, it just, it makes me feel a more appreciative of our community. Cause although there are times when people aren't nice to each other, myself included. I've been an asshole at times. When I ask questions, someone's going to give me an answer. <laughs> and if, you know, and it's just like, it would, I would be horrified if I had a question and someone went to the trouble to make an entire video shaming me <laughs> for having a question. <laughs> but otherwise, it's actually kind of nice over there because there are, I found some creators in the dog space that are really hilarious. I'm not a TikToker. (laughs) Yes, I know. I feel, I feel old. They already have your data. (laughs) They already have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of it is also, and again, I'm just feeling old is like, it's exhausting to me to watch videos because I can read so much faster I'm kind of like a borderline speed reader. And so to me, it's just like a much more efficient use of my time to just like read something than like, oh my God, I got to sit here and watch like, oh my God. Like, okay. So I want to ask you this. Seeing that you say that, does it drive you crazy to watch the videos with the caption on them? Because sometimes you'll be reading the caption, not really listening to them and it's going too slow. Yes. I mean, there's literally times when I have like muted a video and put it on like four acts or something so that I could just like read what it was. I don't like my husband thinks I'm so crazy because he (laughs) watches YouTube like all the time. And he like and I'm always like, you just don't know how my brain works. I could just it's just much more efficient to read. (laughs) I have found that my attention span is very short so I watch YouTube all the time, but depending upon how long the video is, is if I'm going to watch it now or if I'm going to put it on my save for later, because there are certain videos that I'll watch. And then sometimes I'll watch them two or three times. Like I'll rewind it and start it again because I, I'm not paying attention after five minutes, but the longer ones I watch while I'm working. So it's going on and I'm taking some of it in, but um, it drives me crazy. And this is the reason why I don't make a whole lot of YouTube content anymore it drives me crazy when people don't get to the point. It's, 
reminds me of like when you, if you're looking for a recipe online mm-hmm. and you have to read through why they came up with the recipe and this trip that they went on where they, you know, how important. What their grandma used to make. And- exactly. And you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. trying. And you're to- just like, how many cups of sugar? Exactly. <laughs> and that's how I feel about some of the YouTube videos where it's like, okay, just get to the, you know, your, your title said blank. Just, I want to get to the points where you talk about blank. And and that's, yes, this is a lot of my frustration is like, I will never get this time in my life back of blabbery, blah, 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 you know, like, so it's just like, and and I actually, even though you don't use it, I blame TikTok for for that, because people do the scroll and scroll and scroll. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it's really, you know, there's TikTok drama, and, and, you know, and there are some people doing things on TikTok that are just so freaking, you know, beyond dancing that are so kind of cool and, you know, really awesome. And, you know, and then there are people on there that shame people for asking questions. So it's just, it's been an interesting experience. But that being said, yes, Holistic Vet Speaks Out. I, what I love about this event is that it's, not just for raw feeders or people who um, have a holistic, you know, mindset. It's for anyone who loves their animals, because um, Dr. Gronet, who is the person behind this event, wanted to create something that people can walk away with actionable steps. And so, if there are recipes, yes, you can go home and make these recipes for your dog. You know, if you need to talk about vaccinations, here are the vaccinations that you know are good for your dog. Here are the ones that, you know, the risk is so low, you don't need to get um, this vaccination. Don't allow, don't allow them to back you in the corner on it, or here are alternatives to doing this. And I think that that's something that, you know, it's funny because we're constantly doing these online seminars, but every single one approaches things from a different perspective. And even though we've all seen Dr. Judy Morgan speak, you know, many of us have seen you know, Rita Hogan speak, but, you know, we've seen a lot of these people speak. We know who they are, but sometimes, you know, someone can say something in a way that clicks. Also, what we're interested in learning or what we're going through with our dogs changes over time. So something that Judy Morgan said a year ago may not have really resonated, but suddenly right now it does. And for me, um, it was, you know, one, um, warming up my dog's food. And two, uh, she said something to me a long time ago about how senior dogs, their taste buds change. They may not like cold food. So that's why she's a proponent for warming food, feeding cooked food or feeding food at room temperature. And then suddenly my dog wasn't interested in food. And then, you know, like when I was down in Southern California, listening to, you know, Rita Hogan was there, Judy Morgan was there, other really amazing veterinarians. And, they were talking a lot about gut health. Gut health is my jam. I, you know, I have read everything that I can get my hands on when it comes to gut health. Yet at that event, it clicked in my head the importance of gut health and how many diseases start due to an imbalance in the gut. And this is coming off of losing Scout and questioning, you know, what why is... Rodrigo still with us and doing so great. Why did we lose a dog so young? And I, I mean, I can't ever possibly know the true answer, but focusing on gut health resonated with me at that time. So, 
Well, I'm always excited for Dr. Margot Roman talking yes. about microbiome. Like, I feel like when whatever she talks about, I will listen. And I'm, and Dr. Holly Gans is on there too. And so uh, I'm like, again, we've gotten the chance to talk to her, but like, I will still mm-hmm. listen to anything she says because they're always doing so many new and different things that I'm yes. learning about that like, I want to know it all. Well, and because they're are no active full on, you know, thousands of dog studies happening for us to learn these things. A lot of these people are learning things like sort of like, um, it's cutting edge. Yeah. It's like what they are going through right now with the dogs that they're seeing with the science that they're doing and new stuff is coming about. And so we have an opportunity to find out what exactly is happening right now. What did you learn right now? Yeah. I think the only thing that I'm bummed out about is that everything is pre-recorded. Um, but it's kind of hard to have a good back and forth virtually, you know, it's possible, but you know, some people's questions get missed and you are, you only have so much time. Whereas at an in-person event, sometimes you can stay behind and have a conversation with the person. And sometimes they'll come back and have a panel where if you don't get your question answered during a session, you can get it answered during a panel or like during the breaks when you go and to the booths and stuff. So I did see that Dr. Judy Morgan is doing a live event uh, in Tampa with Angela Ardolino and Susan Thixton, and it's at the end of March. And I'm like, can I go to Tampa in March? <laughs> like, and and Dr. Judy Morgan is also looking at doing kind of like a tour of uh, you know people who want to have her come to her city. So I'm really excited. So maybe she'll come come a little closer. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's so cool. And, you know, speaking of Angelina Ardolino, I don't want to wrap up without mentioning her new magazine. Yes. Um, Plant and mushroom medicine for pets. I got in the mail this weekend. And when I first looked at it, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. A magazine. And then I started flipping through it and was like, are you kidding me? Did she, did you, did you honestly put this together? I messaged her immediately and it's like, how many more can I get? I want to send these to everyone I know, but the things that just as a highlight, um, and she is selling this magazine through the website and we'll put a link in the notes, but, um, you know, a couple pages in it's medicinal mushroom guide for pets and down along the side, she has, you know, different properties. So, you know, anti-aging, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and then she has ailments. What was that? Those are my dogs. We're, <laughs> we're going to pretend like all is well, because I just don't want to know what that was. Um, but there's allergies, anxiety, um, cancer, you know, cognitive health, digestive system, immune system, kidney, liver, and so on. And then she has all of the, like the mushrooms and what each one Ooh, that's what I always want to know. Yeah. And that way, when you're looking at different tinctures, you know, you can focus on what you actually need, you know, and she goes on, there's an area for adaptogens, which is something that I learned about when um, Scout was diagnosed with cancer. And then there's another graph. This is probably a few more pages in medicinal mushroom guide for pets with cancer. So down the side is all the different cancers. And then along the top are the mushrooms in which cancer they're good for. Oh my God. That's amazing. And that's, that's page 13 of this. And it just goes on and on. There's before and after pictures, which are astounding, but it's just sort of like, um, it's a love letter to the products that she makes 
and the work that she has done. Yeah. And it just, you know, after reading it, I immediately went online and bought more of the mushroom tinctures. Cause I actually, I had her mushroom tinctures on a recurring schedule, but I canceled it because Rodrigo, I bought it for him and he was, he would not eat his food with this mushroom tincture. And I think it's just like that. Maybe if, the, if there's like an alcohol base, it was just something about it that he was just like, he would sniff his food and be like, nope. But the other dogs have no problem. And so he gets a specific product that he likes. Um, that's a mushroom tincture. It's mushroom defense by Animal Essentials. And then all of my other dogs get either turkey tail from Adored Beast Apothecary. And now I'm going to start adding in one of two. The, I'm going to alternate between the breathe and the clarity that Angela makes through a micro dog. So, um, and then, then I ordered some more of the Ease CBD oil because that's my favorite to use with my dogs. So, yeah, I really like her stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's doing amazing work. Oh, I know what else I wanted to ask you about. I read your blog post about boron with your dogs and I was like so excited to see that because that was definitely a new thing that we learned when talking to Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the difference is astounding. Rodrigo is a different dog. I mean, he's still on joint supplements. He's back, but he's back on a raw food diet because, you know, starting, I, I don't know if it was 2021, I think it was 2021 where he just stopped wanting to eat raw. And sometimes he would eat it, but most of the times he would just walk away from his food. He has been cleaning his bowl for the past three weeks, just cleaning his bowl. And that's Bella that's drinking her water. But she doesn't drink as long as Rodrigo does. <laughs> she just takes a few sips. But um, wait and see what she's about to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's, you know, and he has the heavy panting at night. And even though he still pants, it's not, there was a period of time where when he would be sleeping, he would be panting. I mean, it was just too much. And he was constantly licking his paws and everything. But now he's doing really well. He's just, his mobility has improved. He's jumping on the furniture. He jumps on the bed every morning to cuddle with me. Um, he wants to run around and play with everyone, but um, I don't allow him. I, I limit his um, running around to make sure that he doesn't um, do too much and doesn't get into too much trouble. But yeah, he's, I'm, I'm watching Bella because I'm always like, what is she going to do? <laughs> what is she getting into next? But she's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you know, it's one of those where whenever someone tells you something new, because Thomas, I don't know, he just has a different way of looking at things. And I really like the way he looks at things. But part of me is also, if I do this, what am I going to, like, am I throwing off their diet? Is there a chance of, giving him too much, but he's, he's doing really well. I, I give him, I add a capful to his meal, probably three or four days a week. I add a capful to the water dishes, probably three or four days a week. And that seems to be working well for him. And, you know, I, I like the difference. That's so. awesome. So Yay. straight out the podcast. <laughs> Yay. I learned something. So to wrap up, I would like to share with you my experience with a new television program. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so there is a program on HBO Max called Velma. And yes, it's about the Velma from the Scooby-Doo series. I was a big Scooby-Doo fan growing up. <laughs> yes. And then I'm then that being the what you're saying, I say watch it if you watch it. Watch it understanding that this is not the same <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, but I wasn't planning on watching it because I just, you know, it's like, whatever. Um, it just wasn't on my radar until YouTube exploded with videos about how much people hate this show. And it's actually the third. How much they hated it? Yes. It's the third worst rated show in IMDb history. Wow. And yeah. Like it has 6% and on one thing and a 1.2% somewhere else. I mean, it's just everyone hates this show. And it's it's basically hated by everyone equally. So it's not like one of those where if we do political spectrum, the, the conservatives hate it, but the liberals are like, no, give it a chance. No, it's hated. I mean, everyone is like, this is ridiculous. And I think it's one of those where everyone threw away all of their beliefs as far as, um, you know, politics and society and just went back to how dare you do this to Scooby-Doo? <laughs> so, I mean, Scooby-Doo is like a cultural icon. And then what's funny is that I would not have cared, but I saw one video and the thumbnail was really compelling. So I watched the video and then YouTube was like, oh, did you, you like, like this? That's <laughs> what we got for you. And then the next few days I got hit with video after video. And again, compelling thumbnails and titles. So I was just like, well, let me watch. And I, I ended up watching, following someone who does, she's breaking down, she's hate watching every episode <laughs> and basically breaking it down and telling how horrible it is and how much she hates it. And I'm, and all of this, everyone is so freaking entertaining. Like everyone's <laughs> video is so funny and it's just as they're tearing apart this show. But as they're talking, the more videos I watch, the more I'm like, I really loved Mindy Kaling. She was so funny in The Office. And for yeah, the I loved movie. her. Mindy Kaling is I. I know that she is the Velma character, and I believe that she's the creator of the series, and you know, one of the writers and all that. But so I loved her in The Office. She was so freaking funny. I loved the Mindy Project. I saw that that was on Netflix, so I decided to start watching the Mindy. I'm Mindy Project. I'm in season two now. And it's good and it's funny and it's cute and sweet. And she's, I love that she's like this nar kind of narcissistic, <laughs> ridiculous person who's looking for love. And, and I just, I love it. I think I love all the characters. I thought it was a really well done show. So she does two other shows, like executive producers or is involved in she two other the, shows. Um, the Sex Life of College Girls. Yes, which... It's so I was obsessed with good. Yes. I mean, that show makes me angry because we, yeah. it has such good. Um, what is it? The cliffs. The what are the cliffs thing? Hang cliffs. Cliffhangers. Is that with a cliffhanger? Cliffhanger. Thank you. Hang cliffs. Wow. <laughs> um, cliffhangers. That I when it ended this last season. I know. No, 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 never come back. We don't see it until next year. It is. It was so good. I mean, that is a really good show. And the other one is Never Have I Ever on Netflix, which oh. I love. That show. It's so cute. It's like this Indian girl, you know, in high school oh, in yes. Los Angeles. Yes, and uh, 
Tim and I are like obsessed with it. It's like so random that we watch this kind of teeny bopper show, but it's so good. Yes, I loved it. And it was so cute. Yeah. And um, I love the mom. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I love that, um, you know, McEnroe is near. Yes, yes. <laughs> random. And like... um. <laughs> Andy Samberg uh, narrates a, an occasional episode too, uh, as one of the teen boys. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's such a good show. Really good. So, so yeah. So I was falling back into my Mindy Kaling love fest, and then you know, in my head was, how bad can Velma? <laughs> I mean, come on. To be perfectly honest, we all know that negativity makes money. I mean, people are still putting out daily videos about Harry and Megan because it makes money to hate things. So maybe, maybe the reason why people are hating this show is because it's on trend and it's making people money. So maybe it's not that bad. So I have watched the first three or four, four episodes. I've watched everything that's been released so far and it's not that bad. And I think the reason why it's not that bad is because I've heard every single thing that everyone hates about it so it doesn't bother me. So let's get to really quickly why people hate this show. First of all, there's the race swapping, which everyone is like, I don't really care about race swapping, but don't do it and then talk about it all the time because they talk about race all the time. In the um, show? In the show. Hmm. And, um, and not always nicely. And then Daphne. Daphne is Asian. But she has red hair and does not look Asian. So it just, it's confusing. It's so confusing to me. Um, you know, Fred is, you know, he, they tease him because he has a small thing in his body and people make a point of bringing it up all the time. And, oh, and Shaggy has a different name. I can't remember what his name is in the series and he's black and he doesn't do drugs. And so he makes comments like, if I've ever become the part of the 420 culture, da, 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 da. So it's just sort of like he's the exact polar opposite of what Shaggy is. And then I just recently found out that one of the girls that used to hang out with Daphne decided to be her own person. So she's the, the their series version of Scooby is going to be this. Well, I was going to ask, is there a dog? Yeah, there's no dog. Some people are predicting that like a puppy will show up at the end of the first season or something and that'll be Scooby, but people don't know because this is supposed to be Velma's origin story. But what's funny is that I, I've only laughed out loud twice. They're arguing, they're having a girl stand off in the restroom and they're arguing, but someone keeps flushing the toilet. So the person who's about to tell someone off has to stop and the toilet flushes and then she gets ready to, you know, ah, and then the toilet flushes again and then she gets ready to, but then the toilet flushes and that just cracked me. So I just want to sit there and say, yes, I get it. Everyone hates it. But if you let all of the, the, the hate stuff, if you just accept it and just watch it for just nothing, it ain't so bad. I'll finish the season. I'm, I'm, I'll have to debate about whether I'm going to check it out or not. <laughs> I've been watching that 90s show. I binged that whole uh, season which you know it was exactly what I needed for the mind state you know, mindset that I've been in like it was sort of comfortable and familiar you know and like nostalgic and 
you know, of course, I was also a teen in the 90s. So I was like the age that they are in the show was like the age I was at that time. And so, you know, I appreciate like all the 90s references and, and stuff. So uh, that was, you know, it's not like, <laughs> you know, award winning television or anything. But I, you know, I appreciated it for what it was. And I did see a clip of Jackie and Kelso. Yeah. Do they come back for more than just that time? Yeah, yeah, they're in it, like, kind of, like, popping here and there, and um, Fez, uh, you know, is in it, <laughs> and, uh, like, his, his like, appearance was great, and Eric and Donna, and they're, I mean, they're in it, like, a couple different times, it was, uh, it's very cute, and, you know, and it, it's very cute, like, you know, like, I, if you liked that 70s show, I think you can appreciate that 90s show, like, I feel like they did a good job. Um, they, with all the nodding to everything that they were doing. And of course, you know, you got to love the, the grand, well, they're now the grandparents, right? Like they're in it like, you know, all the time. And, and then the other show I've been watching is called Will Trent. And he is yes. like a detective and he's like, kind of like, a dog? yes, he has a little dog. Little dog. Yes. Oh, yes. Isn't that good? Yes. I oh, think so. Good? I, I, I watched it up until whatever the I don't know what the last episode won but I haven't been on well I was on Hulu two days ago so I'm I'm like anxiously waiting for the next episode yeah I I think it's cute he's like on the spectrum so he kind of like has difficulty interacting with people but if you ever watch like it reminded me like the mentalist uh if you ever watched that show where you kind of like assess the situation and and then it has, you know, like the the kind of love interest chick and, you know, and I, I just I appreciated it. You know, if you like that kind of cop drama show, you know, I, I appreciate it. actually that. really good. To me, it gives off Bones vibes. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, it's not it's not exactly like Bones or anything, but it gives off those vibes where eventually you start you know, you start liking all the characters. Yeah. Like, and the relation, the, the various relationships and, and, and it's, and it was interesting because it kind of starts out with like, everybody hates him because yeah. he had like exposed corruption in the police force. So like literally every cop hates him, you know? And so I don't know, like, I just appreciated that kind of like, that was, you know, my dad and you, with Johan, you know, it's like, you, there's like that cop humor and that cop way. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate when shows get that right, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I love how he became obsessive about his dog. Yes, yeah, very quickly. Yes, and it's like that. So the the scene where he's talking to the um, the, the dog walker, the dog walker, yeah, all the different things and stuff. <laughs> yes, I appreciated that. I I just love that. It's just yeah. so cool. So yeah, I'm very much a fan. The other thing I've been geeking out on, I don't know if you, if, I don't know if we talked about this before or not, um, but I'm obsessed with that murder case where the guy who's like the rich attorney who like killed his wife and son and then he was exposed for all those other financial crimes, um, the Murdoch murders. No. I I follow that case and there's the Murdoch murders podcast and he's going on trial this week. So this is basically like my new Johnny Depp trial where it's like, I like had it streaming online, like while I was working to like listen to everything that's going on. And, and I, yeah, anyway, that's been like my other new like obsession this week, but has been helping me keep my mind off things when I can obsess over a murder. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, my thing that I'm obsessing on this week is the Daily Wire and Stephen Crowder are having a dispute. 
<laughs> if you're not a conservative, then you don't know what those things are. But I don't know what those things are. Wire <laughs> is a conservative platform on, uh, and they have a ton of, ch- of channels on YouTube. So that's like Candace Owens and Matt, Matt something, who I don't like because he doesn't like dogs. And, you know, other people, well, they put out an offer allegedly, or I don't know how it worked, but basically there was an offer or an offer letter or a, I don't know, to Stephen Crowder to join the Daily Wire. Steve, Stephen Crowder believed that the offer was pretty, you know, predatory and did a video about it without naming names. But then Daily Wire did a response video saying, yep, that was us that he was talking about. Let's, here's our side of it. And then Stephen Crowder did a response video playing a conversation that he had, you know, because he recorded it. And it was, it's, and then other people from the Daily Wire said their take and did their own videos. And to, that's my reality TV these days. I mean, this is like, Tupac and Biggie all over again. I know. It's like, it's just like, and, it, and ultimately it's, it's one of those things where the reason why I enjoy stuff like that is because it reminds me that we're all humans, that we all get into our feelings, even if we say that, oh no, it's just business and I'm not taking it personally. We're taking it personally if we're still talking about it. But um, it also to me is kind of a reminder of how not to handle things. Because I think the big thing in those type of situations and and others where I see people when they're doing a back and forth um, and just not getting on the phone and talking to each other is for the people who are watching it, we may find it, you know, like, oh, there's a response video. (laughs) We may find it interesting, but it's just entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I, in my head, I just hear it as like distract, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, I mean, and maybe there are other people out there that disagree, but to me it was, I didn't learn anything from the, from that, except for if I get a contract, have a lawyer look it over, but I already knew that. Um, Otherwise it's just entertainment of me watching these grown men, you know, go back and forth with response videos. And, and also because there's something about people, whether they're conservative or liberal, who do political commentary that I kind of put them on a higher, like I expect more out of them. Mm. So I expect professionals and, and, and stuff like that because they're having serious conversations to see them devolve into YouTube drama where, you know, there's YouTuber, there was another drama recently with Logan Paul and how he had scammed people through this. EFT, if that's the right terms. NFT? Is it NFT? Yeah, NFT. EFT is a bank thing. See, I'm an accountant, not a YouTuber. <laughs> but yeah, an NFT. And, and you know, so to me, that was expected and it wasn't as salacious because it's like, okay, yeah. I, I it's don't. Logan Paul, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Logan Paul. That's just what you expect. But for these people to like, to have the back and forth, it was just sort of like, well, looky there. <laughs> and because of watching it, I will never do a video addressing drama ever again because <laughs> it's yeah it's not a good look when you're on the outside looking in it's just it's just for entertainment so, yay. we can't all be Eminem and MGK I know exactly <laughs> if, I, if I was making millions and then could turn it into a rap album and, and stuff like that that's another story my husband is so funny because he will sometimes like 
like a couple weeks ago, he like decided to go back and watch like all the Eminem MGK diss tracks in like chronological order, and then he'll, and then he, I don't know, he, that's like the newest, like that's like my most current reference, which is like ten years old now. There are other, there were some other performers that were doing these diss tracks too. They were almost kind of like that country rapper guys. That that's like that's like a thing now that was not a thing when we were kids that's a thing now um i don't know he had he was playing me these and i was like please dear god make it stop but you know (laughs) but you know i'm not a i'm not a video person so (laughs) and there you go you're more of the speed of authors writing an entire book that's a diss track to another (laughs) right 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 and then you're like right there. I'm all over it. <laughs> Speed reading. <laughs> oh, we've given everybody plenty of, of content to look up, huh? There you go. Have fun editing this one. <laughs> I always do. Well, <laughs> thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.